Well, it's begun. It has begun. The holiday season is upon us. Yeah! We're being bombarded with ads telling us what we need more than anything else in the world right now. And you've probably started hearing the songs. <coughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. Be honest now. How many of you have a... Well, how many of you like recoil when you hear these songs, right? All right. Some of you, right? I personally love holiday music, personally. But I know that a lot of people have this visceral, knee-jerk reaction to the holidays. And as Jews, we're even a bit more confused because, I mean, how is this the holiday season? We just had our holiday season two months ago. What's, this isn't the holidays. We already had ours. This time of year really amplifies our knee-jerk, our knee-jerk reaction to things. But the thing is, we have these impulsive reactions to a lot of things all the time, all around the year. It's just built into who we are. And we even see it in this week's Torah portion of Vayishlach. One of the most upsetting stories in this week's Parsha is what happens to Dina. And if you recall, Jacob has 12 sons and one daughter, Dina. And one day, Dina goes out to the fields to join the other girls, and she catches the unwanted attention of Shechem, who is the prince of the Chivites. Now, Shechem grabs her and rapes her right there in the fields. And afterwards, when the matter is brought before Jacob, her father, Shechem explains that he loves Dina and he asks to marry her. He says price is no object. And this story and the rest that follows is incredibly upsetting. But I want us to take a look at how Dina's family responds to her being raped. Now Jacob, her father, his knee-jerk reaction is to freeze. The Torah says that he wants to keep the peace. And when, he, and when he's asked to marry off Dina to her rapist, he doesn't even respond. He doesn't respond at all. It's his sons who interject and respond on his behalf. And they lay out the deal. Yaakov is just silent. He's frozen. And the brothers, most notably Shimon and Levi, their knee-jerk reaction is to fight. Right? They, they tell Shechem, oh, you can't just marry our daughter, like our sister like that because she's, she's an Israelite. And your men have to become Israelites too. So Shechem, you and all the men of your village have to circumcise yourselves, and then you can marry our sister. And of course, on the third day, when they're in most pain, Shimon and Levi come through their camp with their sword and slaughter every single last male. 
So here are these knee-jerk reactions. One is to freeze, the other is to fight. Neither of these reactions are good nor bad, right or wrong. They just are. It's just how they react. There's no judgment. But the question is, do the reactions actually address their real concerns? Or might there be an even better way to respond to the matter at hand? In this story, Jacob freezes in the face of an adversary. But at the very beginning of the Torah portion, we see him fleeing from another adversary. Now, he's actually been in flight for 21 years. First, he flees from his brother Esau when Esau says he wants to kill him because he stole, because Jacob stole his birthright. And now, at the beginning of this parsha, we see him fleeing from his uncle slash father-in-law, Lavan, who, to be fair, was not really good to him. But something magical happens at the very beginning of the parsha. Soon after we see Jacob here, he decides not to flee from his brother, but rather to face him head on and to offer gifts of repentance and to submit himself in supplication. So what happens to bring about such change? He wrestles. He wrestles. Some say it's with God. Some say it's with an angel. The text simply says, Ish, a man. But I think Jacob is wrestling with himself. I think he's wrestling to overcome his instinctive knee-jerk reaction, that is, to flee. And he only lets go from the wrestling on his own terms, which is once he gets a blessing. From that point on, he's no longer Jacob, Yaakov. From that point on, he's Yisrael, Israel. Because he knows that he has the power not to react in the moment, but to identify what's truly bothering him. But to identify what's truly bothering him and to respond appropriately. He wrestles his reaction into a response. His action becomes a response. And we all can do this. But it takes an awareness that we often don't allow ourselves. Jacob needs to remain alone on the opposite side of the river from his family. And that affords him the freedom and safety to listen to his body. What is it telling him? Is his heart racing? Is his brow furled? Are his limbs tense? And why? He's afraid of seeing his brother. He's ashamed of stealing his brother's birthright. He's sad that he's missed having a relationship with his brother. And so much more, I'm sure. But once he takes the time to listen to his body, he knows how best to respond. He knows that he doesn't need to flee. He doesn't need to fight. He doesn't need to freeze. Rather, he can face these emotions head on and apologize sincerely to his brother. Over the past weeks, we've read the stories of Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And even though Abraham was the first Jew, we're named after Yaakov. But not really Yaakov. 
We're actually named after Yisrael, the person that Yaakov becomes, the version of the man who wrestles his reactions into a response. To be a Jew means to wrestle, to wrestle with ourselves in order to make ourselves better people. And Shabbat offer us, offers us the blessing of freedom and security to do that important work. In the coming weeks, as always, we will face many trials. The question is, will we allow ourselves to give in to our natural reactions? Or will we take the time to listen to our bodies and wrestle our reactions into responses? Nadzar, if you do, the trials you face likely won't throw you off quite as much. Shabbat Shalom, everybody.